0: So we are in the third third installment of our series, Believe. And we've been talking about faith for the entirety of the month of June. And we kicked off in week one, we talked about the fundamentals of faith. And we talked about how that faith works, the origin of faith, how that if we utilize the principles of faith, then we can expect heaven, uh, at least some part of heaven to come down here on earth. And last week, we talked about a message that said you got to believe to receive. And so what we did was we basically took an autopsy, if you will, of the generation of the Israelites that couldn't enter the land of promise. And we discovered last week that they could not enter the land of promise, not because of all the wrong that they did, but because of the wrong that they did. And that is that they did not believe God. And so we talked about how that a whole generation of people, God had to wait and raise up another generation so that that generation go into the land of promise, a generation that believed God. And so today we want to talk today about the third part of our installment of our series entitled Faith Overdrive. Everybody say overdrive. Very few stories in the Bible that captures masculine faith like that of the confrontation that David had with Goliath. Even if you're not a believer, or even if you don't really know the Bible all that well, most people have heard about the encounter that David had with Goliath. And it's such a very, very powerful encounter because I think it speaks to so many of the issues that we are all dealing with on a regular basis. Here you got a a, a young boy, basically, who's taken on this mountain of a man who is massive. We talk about massive. Uh, the Bible says that Goliath was over nine feet tall, and that in that his equipment alone, just all the stuff that he was wearing was over a hundred and forty pounds. I mean his his sword was like fifteen to twenty pounds. This was a mountain of a man. And here you have this little guy, David, with who had tenacious faith who challenged Goliath. Now, I think, as I said a moment ago, the reason why we love this story so much is because it speaks to so many things that we know that we're dealing with, particularly as believers, as Christians. I mean, we, we learned through this story how to believe God in adversity. The nation of Israel was in adversity at that time, and obviously David was, was, was facing one of the biggest giants that he had ever faced. It addresses how to confront the various kinds of giants, not that, not the fact that obviously David confronted Goliath, but from our perspective, we're all dealing with giants that we have to face, whether there's a financial giant, whether there's a, uh, a, a, a health giant, whether there's a relational giant. We all are facing giants, and so what David does, he shows us how, and we'll talk about it today, how to confront a giant. David, in this particular story, he, he teaches us how to overcome and boldly confront our fears. Everybody has some type of fear that they're dealing with. The question is, are you being dictated? Is, is fear dictating your life, or are you overriding fear with faith? How many know that fear and faith can't occupy the same place? One of them have to go. And so one of the things, and I, and, I, and you heard me say this before, I love David so much because, number one, he was a man after God's own heart. But if you're one of those guys who like, or one of those people or gals, if you will, that like blood and guts, right? Uh, You like a a, a good fight. You like to see a a good fighter, a warrior kind of mentality. David was what I like to call, he was a man's man. I mean, David was a man's man. He was masculine. This guy was absolutely amazing. But how many know David wasn't perfect? David wasn't perfect. David, think about it. David was a man who committed sin, adultery with Bathsheba. But not only did he not just commit that sin, but then he went and had her husband abuse his power as a leader of the country, had Bathsheba's husband killed in battle just so that he could be with her wife. And so we we see there is a man, we see David, and the Bible still calls David a man after God's own heart. But let me tell you why this story gives me hope. Because how many know that that it's not about living a life of perfection? Anybody out there? This ought to give all of us hope because all of us are trying to be more like Christ. Am I right about it? We all all are working every day. How many know we're we're all a work in progress? We're we're all going through the process of sanctification. And what gives me hope is that David David was a man who, who wasn't perfect, but God still used him. God still used him not only when he he fought Goliath, but throughout his life, even after David committed the sin with Bathsheba, God still blessed him and gave Jesus the throne of David. And so we see that David was a man. Watch this. David was great. David was good. We're reading about David today, not because David was a perfect man, but watch this, because he was a man that really, really believed God. He believed God. In fact, in Hebrews chapter number 11, verses 32 and 34, I want to read this to you. And it says, and what more shall we say? Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, they spotlight basically all those in the Bible, not all of them, but a great number of the people in the Bible that we read about that accomplished great things for God. And so what Hebrews chapter 11 does, it kind of give us some perspective and how they were able to have the level of success that they had. And so he says here, and he basically, he's summing it up here, and I like this. He says, now, and what more shall I say? For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through, watch this, who through faith, everybody say faith, faith. who through faith, all right? Not through their own wisdom, not through their perfection, Not through their own ability, their own uh, cognitive inclinations, but through faith. What did they do through faith? They subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. All the weakness were made strong, became violent in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. So watch this. All of these great people that God used, they had one common denominator. And that denominator was that they all believed God. They had faith. And you can read about many of them that stumbled along the way. Has anybody here ever stumbled along the way? Uh Many of them stumbled along the way, but it's something about faith that always gets God's attention. Listen, no matter if you find yourself in a moment where you're weak and in a time where you haven't done everything right, one one of the ways that you can engage God, you can get back on the horse again and say, Lord, I'm going to believe you no matter what it looks like. Can the church say amen to that? So David's greatness, we read about David. We say, oh, David beat that Goliath. And everybody knows about that story. But David's greatness was not, listen to me, not just the fact that he defeated Goliath, but, but the real story behind that, behind that is that David had tenacious faith. David believed God, watch this church, and among, when all signs said, there's no way it could be done. There, there's no way it could be done. At that moment, David believed God and God gave David the victory. Now, we'll kind of dissect that here in a moment. So we talked about these seven fundamental principles of faith. I, I keep recapping these because if we can learn these fundamentals of faith, here's what's going to happen. We're going to be more fruitful as a Christian. You're going to see the power of God more manifest. How many of you want to see God's power more manifested in your life? Come on, church. All right. So if we, if we utilize these fundamentals of faith, if we can get these into our spirit and then watch this. Don't just hear me say them but say, okay, I'm going to walk by them. Now, here are these seven fundamentals. I'm not going to elaborate. We did that in the first message, but I'm just going to recap because what we'll find out is we'll look at the life of David and we will see how that David applied these fundamentals of faith and God gave him the victory. How many know that God wants to give you the victory? So the first point is that without faith, it's impossible to please God. We understand that, right? Faith is, is without faith, It's a non-starter with God. You got to have faith. You got to believe that he is and that he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. We also say, point two, that the just shall live by faith. It's what we do. It's how we live. Every decision that we make, we are living every day, church, by faith. Stop trying to pull God down and trying to to, uh, really are trying to make heaven come down with fleshly means. How do know that, that we access the thing of God through faith? We can't manipulate our way. How many we know we, we can't? We, it's all about faith. So we, we, we live by faith. Number three, we must walk by faith and not by sight. We talked about that last week, right? That this is what God has us going through as a church. We have to be able to walk by faith not by sight. Call those things that are not as though they are. This is what faith does. And so we got to activate that. Number four, we said that faith calls me to obey, to persevere, to push through in spite of what it looks like. In spite of what it looks like at home. In spite of what it looks like on your job. In spite of what the doctor says. In spite of what they say. Faith, watch this, calls me to obey, to persevere, to press through, no matter what it looks like. We've talked about number five, the faith must be developed in order to grow. So the only one way that you're going to grow in your faith is you got to be tested. <laughs> if, you're gonna, if our faith is going to grow, and, and, and you know, you haven't met people that got giant faith versus somebody that got small faith. There's a difference. One have been practicing and training themselves. They, they've grown up to that point. But how many know, that we can, our faith got to be developed. So which means that what? God is going to put us in the fire. God is going to put us through some situations whereby we are going to exercise our faith. Why? Because God got to teach us to rely on him and not our own strength and not our own power. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? Number six, faith speaks what it believes. We talked about how that your words got to line up with what your actions or what you believe in God for. So it's important that we start speaking life. How many know that if you, uh, in, in Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, you know, God told Ezekiel, he said, prophesy to it. Y'all remember that? He said, speak to it. And God didn't make a move until Ezekiel prophesied. Why? Because it sets the atmosphere for God to move. See, how many know that you, we all need to start walking around declaring what we're believing God for? Fill the atmosphere with faith. Oh, come on, somebody help me this morning. Y'all, come on, walk with me in this. You follow me. See, the atmosphere, it doesn't matter. The Bible said where two or three are gathered them. he said, I'm in the midst. See, it's what we are, it's how we engage heaven. It's, it's, God is leaving this up to us. And lastly, we said that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So my faith is going to be tested. It's going to be developed. And part of that faith is I got to start listening to the right stuff. I got to start listening to being around people, situations, things that's going to stimulate my faith in God. Because the more you feel, you start feeding yourself with things that are, that are counterproductive, right? Things that are not consistent with the word of God, then it interferes with your ability to be able to believe God for amazing things. We want to be stuck in faith. We want to have our hope in faith. We want to consistently be walking day in and day out, every day in faith, feeding our faith daily, feeding it, feeding it, feeding it. till you come to a place, man, that your sin heaven shake every time you open your mouth because your faith is so large. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? So let's get down to David. David, this, 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 this man, this manly man of a warrior. So let me kind of give you the background to this story because we don't have a lot of time to read a whole lot of it. So I will just kind of set the tempo and I'll talk about a couple of things as it relates to David. We'll look at how that David uh, uh, attacked his giant and how he overcame and that if we do the same things, how do we know that God is the same God today, yesterday, and forever? Does anybody believe that? That God is still working. Come on, church. God is still working today. But God didn't. in David, how many know he'll do it in you if you believe? Now watch. So here, Saul, Saul was the first king of Israel. Everybody know about Saul. And there was Saul started with so much promise and Saul began to half-heartedly follow God. Saul was one of those brothers that always try to look at a shortcut. He tried to figure out ways to try to not wholeheartedly obey God. And it came up and bit him. So God rejected Saul from being the king. Samuel, who was the prophet that anointed Saul, was sent by God to a place called Bethlehem to a man named Jesse. Jesse had eight sons. The youngest of the boys was David. Samuel goes there. He looks at a couple of the uh, brothers. And he looks at the oldest one. and He looks at him. And he said, "Whoa, wow, that got to be the one that God is going to anoint as king. And God spoke to Samuel and said, no, Samuel, God does not see as man sees. But God looks on the what? God looks on the heart. And so then it leads Samuel finally where he says, he looks at all seven of the boys. He said, it says somebody else. I mean, because God's anointing ain't on none of them. And and all of a sudden they said, "Eh, there's one little one, there's a youngest one, the most unlikely, (laughs) the least expected. There's a younger one who's in the backyard, and his job is, watch this. His job is to watch over the sheep, take care of the sheep, make sure they don't get out, make sure nothing come in. That was David's primary job. And so then, so watch this. So basically God had fired, God had fired Saul, but let him stay in power. You know, we said before that God is the only boss to fire you and let you stay in power, right? So Samuel, Saul is still in power, but God has already anointed David to be the king. So I want you to kind of keep that in mind because there was something in David Watch this. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. There was something in David that David knew he was destined. You know, when you start walking with God, don't you feel like that there's something that, you, that you're that you that you're made for greatness, that you don't want to settle, that there's something inside your soul that says, you know what? I, I, I'm supposed to be great. I'm supposed to make an impact. I'm supposed to make a difference. And so David now He's anointed king. So Israel had this perpetual enemy called the Philistine, the nation of Israel. So they was fighting against the Philistines. It was like their chief enemy. They're fighting against the Philistine all the time. And it's like, and and, and so, and the Philistine had this big old giant that we talked about earlier named Goliath. Let me tell you how bad Goliath was. That when the nations would come together and get ready to fight another, fight another skirmish, that whenever Goliath Will rise up from the rank because I gotta remember he was over nine feet tall. Are y'all hearing that? He was so when he come up, who is the first thing they see come up out of that out of that group out of the group of the Philistines? They saw Goliath, and watch this. When they saw Goliath, every last one of them ran like babies, including Saul. I want you to understand this brother was so imposing that the very look of him, they were, and, 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 and Goliath would say stuff like, who out there can fight me? Who, I mean, every day he's just out there bragging. Talking, who want to fight? i tell you what, if anybody can whoop me, then we, the whole nation will be your servants. Is there one, not even one, wanted to fight this guy because they were scared of him? So David now is sent over there, watch now, so David is sent by Jesse because there were three, uh, I believe there was three of Jesse boys that were fighting the battle that was, that was part of the Israelites, the army. And so, so David's job was to go over there. Watch this. <laughs> Here's what David's job was. Here's the responsibility. This is what he was told to do. This was, he was, this was what he was told. He was told to go there, right, to take them some bread and some cheese. Everybody say cheese. Take them some bread and some cheese. Check on the welfare of his brothers. Come back. Everybody say, come back. (laughs) He's supposed to come back and report to his daddy. How do you know? In other words, David wasn't supposed to be fighting nothing. David was supposed to do what? Go over there. Give his brother some food. Ask the brother, how y'all doing? Y'all doing all right? Cool. Head on back. But no, but David goes over there, right? And so and when David get there, David, he hears, because all of a sudden, Goliath, he comes up, because he did it every day. He just taunted them because he knew there was all a bunch of, uh mm, they were scared. So David overhears Goliath talking, and, 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 and David asks the question, says, who, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who who is this taunting the armors of God? Now, let me tell you something. Now, I said a moment ago that faith must be developed. That God, what God oftentimes, when God is is, is working in our lives, God knows exactly what He's calling us to do, what He wants us to do. So, what God starts doing is God starts the process of preparing you for your purpose and your destiny. David's preparation was guarding the sheep, making sure that the sheep was safe. And so that was David's job. So what was David doing? So how do so you know God was, ultimately David was going to be the great leader. He became the one who was in power of all Israel. But he started, watch this, when nobody was watching him, right, nobody was around. So, so he starts with these little sheep. And David said, you know, you know what? couple times when some bears and some lions came and tried to take out the sheep, I jumped on the lions and I beat them lions' butts. Now, I'm, I don't know. I'm just going to take a wild guess and think that maybe the first couple times David might have been a little bit. But somewhere in there, David had developed a faith. God was preparing David for his faith moment. Everybody say faith moment. Your faith moment, I want you to understand this. Your faith moment, see, David's faith moment was not when he... How many know when we talk about David today, what's the first thing you think about David? Most people. Goliath. Goliath. David, listen, nobody talks about how David, think about this, nobody talks about how David killed a lion. I mean, I'm just thinking, bro. We ain't talking about a cub. I I mean, I, I think that might be a story in and of itself. I mean, can you imagine that that'd be all over CNN news? A man wrestled and beat a lion to death. I mean, how many know No, but that didn't put David on the map. I mean, and a bear, David took out a bear, I mean, wrestled, took a club, grabbed him by the jaws, took a club, and bang, 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 killed him. You would think, man, that wouldn't make some major, I mean, that was big. But, you know, that wasn't the thing to put David on the map. What put David on the map was when he confronted his Goliath. See, everything was a buildup to that moment. Everybody say that moment. That moment. So watch this. So we will all, as people, listen, we will all, we are all going to have our faith moment. Everybody has it. It's that moment when you sink or swim, you stand or fall, you crawl or you walk, you jump or you stay put, you hit or you hit back, you cry or you rejoice, you endure or you quit, you press through or you fall back. It's that moment when when, when everything in your life changes. It's that moment when you know as a believer that this was my moment. This was my faith moment. This was the moment that changed. David, how many know David recognized his moment? And why I would venture to say that David was looking for, because you remember I said earlier that, that when you're really walking with God, there's something down on the inside of you. You know, you're always looking because you never know from day to day what you might step into when you're walking with God. You never, know how, you never know how the guy can take a situation and all of a sudden God can catapult you into your destiny in a moment of time. From day to day, you don't even know what's going to happen from the next few moments out of this place, what God might do. I mean, God might do something real crazy in your life. So it was that moment. And I believe that David, he was looking for it. I said before, everybody, if you've been walking with God for a little while, all of us have had these faith moments. I knew for me, you know, I, it, was, it was singing in front of 1,200 kids. <laughs> y'all hear me. Singing in front of, in a police uniform, singing in front of 1,200 junior high school kids. Now, all the way up to the, now, y'all, y'all know kids are brutal. I mean, I had to have, I had to have my colleagues, I had to call some of my buddies on the street. I said, y'all need to guard the back because I don't know what they're going to do with me while I'm up on that stage. And, and you know, and they asked me, and so the teachers, somebody found out that I could sing because I was singing at church. And I was singing like, you know, I was singing to you know, 25, 30 people, maybe 40 people, maybe 50 on a, on a good Sunday. So, you know, I was, I was used to singing in those small environments. And then when they first asked me, my first thing was, and, and I knew at that moment, I knew that God was calling me to something greater. I, I knew down on the inside of me that I, that I was destined not to just be ordinary, but extraordinary. I knew it in my soul. I knew it in my spirit. And so when they came to me, my first thought was, no. <laughs> I mean, this is brutal. There's officer, Bailey, if you, we heard you can say we were like, said, oh, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. You know how we do it. Let me pray about it. Usually we say we will not pray about it, we don't really want to do it. We're just trying to buy some time. Y'all ever did that? I pray about it. Just, so I'm trying to buy some time. So, so finally I realized God began to deal with me. And God spoke in my spirit. And I knew that this was a moment. Because if I was ever going to get over my fear of talking, with, talking in front of people or ministering in front of people, I had to. Anybody ever been in a situation where you, I got to do this. I, and, I, and I recognized it. I said, I got to do it. And, and I'm going to tell you something. My flesh was, was scared because <laughs> I walked out there, and every one of them kids, just, they were, you know how kids are. They were all laughing. First of all, they thought it was a joke. All of them, you could see them rocking in their chair. <laughs> you know? And then, and then and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, I got to do this. I knew God had, God had put me on lock. now. you, know, you ever been in a situation where God blocked you in? Or God, well, you know I got to do this. So I got to do it. I don't, my, I have to, and I went, and I did it. And when I began to open my mouth, I getting the same, and, and the place so the, couldn't hit a pin drop in there. Let me tell you something. That was the moment that changed my life forever. It gave me the confidence and the boldness to believe that all things are possible to him who believed. It led to me being in situations now where if I have to stand in front of people, I'm free. I'm cool with that. Why? Because God, but that, that was my moment. Let me know David had his moment and you will have your moment, a faith moment where God calls you out and you're thinking to yourself, this is big. This is huge. This is Goliath. I can't. Oh, y'all asking me to do. I don't know. But down on the inside of you, something says, oh, uh, you know, I might. F-. Listen, and you know, the devil will whisper. Oh, you're going to fail. Oh, what if this? What if this? What? If-? All I know is I had to obey God. I'd rather obey God than to not do what he tell me to do and you know, worry about failing. Come on, somebody. I, you know. And so, so that was my defining moment. Here's a question as we look at David here. What, what, what was your defining moment? Well, let me ask you another question. Are you looking for that moment? Are you looking for that moment that will drastically change? It's, it's what I call a faith moment. I believe David was looking for it. That's why David said, who? He said, who is this? Who, who is this answer? In other words, I, I believe that David was constantly walking my faith. David knew. He said, look, I know, I, I know that I'm anointed king. I know that Samuel, well, I know God anointed me something. Because this, this old prophet Samuel, Samuel was one of those prophets that when he came to town, that the whole town would shake. Because whatever Samuel said, God didn't let one of his words fall to the ground. That brother prophesied, he said, it's good as done. Samuel, he said, well, I know Samuel the prophet. He came in. So I know. And so I believe that David was constantly walking, looking for God to do something amazing in his life. How I many you know that's called walking by faith? You believe in God for that. So watch this. So watch. So how did David activate these faith principles we talked about in his encounter with Goliath? How did he do that? David walked by faith. Number one, David walked by faith and not by sight, right? David walked by faith and not by sight. The giant was huge. In the natural, David is no match for him. But all David could say was that the same God that, watch this, the same God that delivered me from the lion and the bear is the same God that will give me the victory over you. How many know that David saw his God, saw that his God was bigger than his giant? How many believe God is bigger? Watch this. How many of you think God is bigger than politics? How many know God is bigger than your, 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 your financial problems? How many know he's greater? Did we sing this morning? I God is greater, I God is stronger, he's higher. Do we really believe that or do we just say the words? David looked at, David walked by, he obviously, everybody say, obviously. Obviously, the brother had to walk by faith and not by sight because he ain't no match in the natural. In fact, Saul even said to him, I'm paraphrasing, that's ridiculous, son. You ain't but a youth. You can't go fight him. (laughs) David wasn't moved by what he saw. Secondly, watch this. Sometimes you have to stand alone in your faith. When Saul said to him, David, you are not able, this is the this is verse I just referenced, 1 Samuel 17, Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth of war, a man of war. Everybody, everybody was saying, David, you can't do this. In fact, everybody else was running away from Goliath. Nobody. And, and so here David are you serious, with David? You think you're going to do this? And you know, sometimes when God calls you, when God put a dream down on the inside of you, you know, there'll always be people that will tell you that what you can't do. Oh, you can't do that. Or, you know, such and such never did that before. That's never been done before. How many know that God is a God that never has been done before? He's a God that can that can pull that off. So David, watch this, he, he's, he's walking in faith. All the, I mean, you know, all the chips are down. I mean, he, he's against all odds. And all he does is say, you know what? To say that I can't is to say that God can To say that I can't. So when people say to you, I can't, you just say to them, God can What dream has God put in your heart? What business? What? What has God put in your heart? And other people are not supporting it. How many know that when God calls you to do a thing, and if you believe and you walk by faith, there is no devil in hell that can stop it? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I said, if God calls you to do, ain't nothing people can do. People, listen, if David would have sit there and listened to the naysayers. To everybody looking at him saying, look how young you are. Boy, you're a boy. Have you seen, are you out of your mind? This boy crazy. But I'm going to tell you how, how, you know, Saul was crazy. Because Saul was like, yeah, Saul was like, oh, I'm scared. Well, go ahead, boy. Saul was willing. To even, Saul didn't think for one second that David could do it. Nobody did. But David believed in his God. And God gave him the victory. So the third point, watch this. David saw his giant. Are y'all listening? Say amen. David saw his giant as an opportunity. To magnify God. Here's what David says in 1 Samuel chapter 46. I love this verse. He said, this day, this day, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will deliver you in my hand. And I will strike you, take your head from you. This day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. Watch this. Why? That all the earth may know that there is a God in all of Israel. Now, I want you to understand something, church, that when you purpose in your mind to do what you do for the glory of God, the sky is the limit. Yeah. See, if you're not one of those who want the glory for yourself, but watch this. David said, I want to beat this giant so that, because I know that if I whip this giant, all the earth will know. See, David was thinking big. David said, Every, he said, what? All the earth would know. Come on, somebody. How many know David recognized his moment? He read, David said, all the earth will know that there is a God in all of Israel. This is what David realized. So David saw his giant. Like, like God, you remember God said about Pharaoh? Pharaoh, He says, God says, watch this. I have raised Pharaoh up that I might demonstrate my power. In other words, I raised Pharaoh up so that I can crush him. God said, I see. See, watch this. You see, Pharaohs and Goliaths are giants of opportunity. Let me say that again. Pharaohs and Goliath, they are giants of opportunity. You may put Goliath on whatever you want to put on, whatever your giant is, that's your Goliath. They are giants of opportunity if we have the right perspective. So here David was thinking, man, I just want to give God the glory. You know, when God does something in your life, come on, church, when God does a work in your life, when it's something amazing, don't do like everybody else. Don't take the blessing and run and don't give God the glory. Make sure that everything that God does in your life, make sure that people know that God did it. Look at your neighbor and say, tell them God did it. Hey, tell them God did it. Don't, don't stay in the breast and the hijack it and run. Say, so hold up, wait a minute, stop. God did it. I want you to know that this happened in my life because God did it. And the same God that did it for me, he'll do it for you. Come on, church. Does anybody believe that today? You know, another thing that David did, watch this. Here's another thing that David did as he confronted his Goliath. David spoke those things that are not as though they are. Did he not? Am I right about it? He operated in that faith principle. David said, he didn't say, watch this. David said, look, I'm paraphrasing. Dude, today I'm taking your head off. Today, dude, I'm going to cut your head off. And the dogs and the cats and every other thing and buzzard, they're going to eat you today, brother. Today is going to be your day. Now, this is coming from a a young boy. You're talking about a Goliath now. And David, but look, what you don't hear David saying, watch this. I had to write this down because I thought it was funny. What you don't hear David saying is, man, I, I hope God delivered you, Goliath, into my hand now. I'm hoping, but I'm not sure. I, I, I would like to beat you so bad that, that I give your carcasses to the birds of the air, but, but that, I know that's a lot to ask. Um, I'm hoping now. I hope that God will get glory out of this, but I'm not really sure. how I mean, know that ain't what David did. David said, oh, brother, this day, I'm gonna chop your head off. And when I get done with you, everybody gonna know who's who's God is in charge. Everybody will know today, today, brother, is your day that you go to. Nobody was talking to Goliath like that. Could you imagine what Goliath what must have been going through his head at that moment? I'd be mean, imagine he probably that boy is crazy, ain't he? he? He something wrong with him. What's what's up with this boy? I bet it's through the enemy. You know, when you start, when you start operating in crazy faith, you'll throw the enemy off. The enemy are thinking like, whoa, 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 you ain't like everybody else. You believe in me amid all, when all the chips are down, but my back is up against the wall. Look at you, 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 you're different. Something about you. How I me mean, know the devil will take note? Because God will give you the victory. And what, did, and what did David do now? Watch. David then charges, when he gets ready to fight Goliath, after he told him what he going to do to him. See, he was speaking, Right. He was speaking. Remember we said it earlier, you got to speak those things. You got to, whatever you believe in guys. for, you got to start saying it. You got to, y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? Life and death is in the power of the what? Tongue. You got to start saying that because when you start saying it, you start to influence your atmosphere because even if you don't, even if what you're saying is not happening yet, at some point you'll start to still shift in the ap- When the atmosphere starts to change, then your situation will start to change, but it starts with the atmosphere. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It starts with atmosphere. It's not, so you start releasing words of faith. And you start speaking. Okay? I, I know, don't worry about what it. You just start declaring what you want God to do. Pray it, believe it, and say it. Too many people don't say it. And when you don't say it, you're not stirring up your faith. Well, that's not my... Uh, that's not the way I am. Well, you need to change the way you are. <laughs> Walk in faith because this is what God requires. So David then charges towards his giant. It says here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to me, David. Watch this. David hurried and ran away from the army. to meet the Philip. Look, what did, what did he do? Did David do this? He says, this is amazing. This boy was off the chain. <laughs> he had, everybody say, off the chain faith. <laughs> the, not only did he talk, but David was like, David had resolved in his heart. He's gonna believe God. David knew without a shadow of a doubt that his God was greater. It was never about David, it was about the God that he served. David real And David, watch this David charged toward the giant. Some of us have been running from our giant. Oh, you running from that financial giant. This has been beating you up. You running from that, won't go to the doctor because you're scared because I feel a lump. And so you live your whole, all your days in fear, scared to go because Sister so and so got this, Brother so and so. So you don't even want to deal with it because you're running from Goliath. But how I many know faith charges into a thing? The righteous are bold as what? The wicked flees when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold. So David ran toward his giant. Faith confronts, remember we said one of our faith principles? Faith confronts. It obeys in spite of what it looks like, in spite of what it feels like. David charged toward his giant. How many know that we need more of us to charge toward our giants? Stop running. If God has put some on your heart, don't be intimidated. Don't be, don't be listening to all that foolishness. You just charge toward the thing and know that God is with you. God rewards David's faith. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 49 and 50. Look at this. Then David. <laughs> this is amazing. I want you to think about it. In today's vernacular, um, Goliath was armed with semi-automatic weapons, the best as you can find, all the best weaponry. He got it all strapped. And all David got is something that's akin to like a little a little 25, if <laughs> even that. It says in verse forty-nine and 50, then David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone. Look at this, church. And he slung it, struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank, in his, sank into his forehead. He fell down, fell on his face to the earth, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in David's hand. <laughs> now, how I many you know that must have been the most anointed rock ever? <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all getting it. I mean, think about it. This mountain of a man gonna get knocked down by a little stone. It wasn't, about, I mean, no, it wasn't about the stone. It was the anointing of God. It was the power, it was David's faith. And David's faith energized that stone and made that thing like a doggone rocket that hit his head. Why? Because he had stupid faith. God rewarded. you know, the Bible said that without faith it's impossible to God. Those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. How do you know that David got rewarded the victory? Now the rock didn't kill him. The rock put him down. David then goes and get the sword and do what? Goliath's sword, and chops his head off. And didn't David prophesied that before he did it? <laughs> he said, I'm cutting your head off today. But why did it happen, church? It happened, listen, God is trying to show us that not, not many, not many uh, mighty or not many powerful are called, but God has chosen the weak things and the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. What God is looking for is a people that will have tenacious faith and simply would believe him. David was a young man who just believed God and because he believed God, God took what little he had and how I many know God can take what little you got and if God are it, that thing will go a long way. You can have in your hand something lethal that, that, that looks like a toy. Why? Because you got such crazy faith in God. So we find here that David got the victory because of his faith come on out brother David got the victory because of his faith because of his faith now I want I want us to really think about this here for a moment because all of us are going through something in life where we're believing God for something if you're not believing God for something I don't know what to say about you you ain't saved I guess I guess I can start there But if you're a believer and we are believing God for something, how how many of you know that that God wants to pour out his spirit and give us the victory? But here's what we got to do. We got to determine that we're going to not just walk by faith, we're going to exercise our faith. We're going to believe God against all odds. When everything looks south, we're going to focus on God. Because why? Because God delights himself in manifesting himself through a people that would believe him for anything. That's it. That's the key. All the saints of old, all of them got the victory. All of them won. Not because of their own skill. You know, you'll get the victory not because you're the brightest or the smartest. You just of the people. I just believe God. And you know, I said last week, God never punished somebody for believing him. Other folk were good. Why are you believing God for that? That's crazy. You know what? Don't listen to them. I've never seen God punished. I've never seen him punish somebody who would believe him. I want to say today, dare to believe God. Be a David. Just be a person that says, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. Be a person says, God, stop running from your giants. Stop being intimidated by your giants. Stop letting your giants run your life. Stop hiding. Some of you, you're hiding. Soon as some of uh, a subject come up, you run. You're chicken. You're scared. Exercise your faith. You're a child of God. You got all of heaven behind you. You can walk with a spirit of boldness. You don't have to doubt nothing. Young people, you can take that test. You can go in and know. You don't have to be afraid because you studied. In Jesus' name, you studied. So you can take the test and know you'll pass. You're not walking in fear. Let's walk in faith. Amen. If you receive that word, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Every head is bowed, every eye closed.